0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: listening to scott wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth you call these bagels it's bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel Our number two of our two-hour extravaganza, Bagels of Bad Beats, on this Thursday, December 10th. Here is truly Scott Wetzel sitting and taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, open phone lines this second hour, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. We got our poll question out there. What should happen with the college basketball season after Coach K basically called for an end? Conference games only, limit the season to 20 games, cancel the season right now, or the proverbial other, go to opposite picks, get your vote in there, and we'll update that a couple more times before we are through. Big Ten and college football said it's okay for Ohio State to play in the Big Ten championship game, no surprise there, so they'll take on Northwestern December 19th, presumably knowing that if they win... Uh, They'll get a bid to the college football final four. What would happen if they lost? You know, which, you know, no one's given Northwestern any chance whatsoever winning this football game, which is amazing to me. But uh, that said, if they were, that would throw a little wrinkle into the college football plans. Otherwise, Ohio State uh, is in. They control their own destiny. It's really a case of five teams controlling their own destiny for four spots. Florida beats Alabama. They're in. So is Alabama. Ohio State's in, and then the winner of uh, Clemson and Notre Dame is in. Ohio. If uh, Florida loses to Alabama, then it's going to be Alabama, Ohio State, and both Nor- uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. And I think that's it. I think those are the only five teams, realistically, that have a shot. And I'm not surprised at all that the Big Ten allowed Ohio State to play in this title game. Why wouldn't they, right? And they already clinched the division. Even if they had one more game, as they correctly pointed out yesterday, they still would win its, its uh, division. So why would you keep a team that's clinched its division out of the championship game? It would make no sense whatsoever. You may say it's about money and ultimately it probably is, but at least logically it does make sense that, you know, whether they had another game or not, even if they lost it, they still would win their division because they had the head to head tiebreaker against Indiana. So it would make no sense whatsoever, none for them to keep Ohio state from playing in the big 10 title game. Now, you want to tell me, you know, five games, six games isn't going to be enough in your eyes for them to play for the national championship? Different story. I think otherwise I'm okay with it, but uh, it would be silly for them not to be playing in the Big Ten title game. NFL news. How about Stephen Jones, uh, the VP, the owner's son, Jerry's uh, son, uh, telling uh Dallas radio station that he thinks uh, Dak Prescott, you know, the contract negotiations are going uh, well. And you know, when you look at it, you know, what he's saying is, is kind of what we've known before. But there seems to be an outside view of, you know, Dallas might not want Dak because of the knee injury, because he's asking for too much money, because they don't think he could take him to a championship. That really, you know, from what Steven Jones said yesterday, that's not the case at all. It's really just a matter of how many years Dak will sign. And to me, that means that ultimately this deal, a long-term deal, will get done. Whether it's for three years or four years or five years, doesn't matter. Doesn't sound like they're haggling over how much. It just seems like they're haggling over how many years. Dak wants the shorter contract, believe it or not, because he wants to become a free agent again. This way he could cash in on a second monster contract versus Dallas wanting the longer term contract. This way they have them tied in longer. Doesn't usually work that way. It's usually the other way around. Bagels and bad beats on this uh, Thursday morning, six minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. So, Jones telling the world as we welcome in our radio audience, <clears throat> our issues in our negotiations with Dak have been that we we're wanting to be more committed, i.e. longer-term contract, <clears throat> in the terms of the number of years, in other words. We're not nervous to sign Dak. He makes up all the right things. He's a great leader. He's a great player. So <clears throat> that, that tells me it's not about money. I, I don't know what he's getting 35, 40, $45 million. If it's not about how much you're going to pay him. And it's only about whether he gets a three or four or five year deal. what What's the difference, right? If you're Dallas, you're telling me you'd rather pay him. They're not going to franchise him again. I I refuse to believe that in, in a season next year, that is going to be limited because of the income that was not brought in this year. So you're going to have a lesser salary cap. The one thing about franchising players, as I pointed out before, people think you could do that without any hook or crook. That's not the case. You have to put all in In his case, $40 million. You have to put all $40 million in your cap that year. That's tough to do. You know, there's a reason why there are signing bonuses and incentives and why you extend contracts out for, five, six, seven years, like maybe Dallas once versus a three-year deal because you could spread that money out. You know, you you could give him his money, make it a signing bonus, and then only salary cap-wise say it's only going to cost $10 million or $15 million or even $20 million against the cap that year. Now, eventually you got to pay the piper, but if you want to negotiate it, you could have a lesser cap hit this upcoming season if you have a long-term contract. If you franchise a guy, you can't. You have to put all $40 million under your cap. And think about a cap that's going to be about $175 to $200 million. You have to fit $40 million of that for Dak Prescott. You have $20 million for Amari Cooper. You have $15 million for Ezekiel Elliott. That's $75 million for three guys. Yeah, basically $100 million for the rest of your team couldn't get done if you wanted to sure if you want to strip your team down to next to nothing but would dallas much rather sign him to a four or five year deal and only have maybe a 20 million dollar cap in this upcoming season yeah that's what they would do so i don't think it's going to get done under these guises of a franchise tag magos and bad beats thursday morning with scott Head coach Sean McVay there talking about their game later on tonight. Four and a half point home favorites against the New England Patriots. Bigs and bad beats on this Thursday morning. You know, there are a number of teams that have a chance to clinch playoff spots this weekend. And it's amazing, you know, with four weeks left. You know, that's a lot of time. It's a month worth of football, a quarter of the season, you know, 16-game schedule, as it looks like it's going to actually be played out this year. That, that's a lot of time for uh all these scenes to be able to clinch. And let's run them down here real quickly. All right. AFC, we'll start there. <clears throat> yeah, Kansas City chefs have already clinched the playoff spot. Buffalo's up next. All right. Buffalo can clinch a playoff berth with a win, a Baltimore loss to Cleveland. A Miami loss to Kansas City, a Las Vegas loss to Indianapolis, and a New England loss to the Rams. And Buffalo would need to win against Pittsburgh. I'm going to say that's not going to happen. Somewhere along the line. I, I think Buffalo could beat Pittsburgh. I think Baltimore could lose to, to Cleveland. Although I, I must say, I'm not big on uh, changing of the guards. This is a changing of the guard game. Sunday night or Monday night, Monday night in that, you know, Baltimore has uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh has have owned that division. Right. And and Cleveland and Cincinnati have been at the bottom of the barrel Uh, for Cleveland to win that game. And I don't think they're necessarily not better than Baltimore, but it would be a changing of the guard game. That would really put the stamp on Cleveland being better than Baltimore. And as much as they are. I, I, you know, I play the odds. I play the trends, you know, greatest sports axiom of all time. Winners bet with streaks, losers bet against streaks. And I'd be betting that Baltimore will find a way to win and show the world again that they're still better than the Cleveland Brownies. And and, and until it happens, I don't predict when it will happen. I'll go with the team that's been there before. And like I said, with Pittsburgh has has owned that division. So uh, I don't think Baltimore ends up losing. Miami losing to Kansas City, you know, could happen. Las Vegas losing to the Colts, I don't think they will. And I do believe New England will lose uh, later on uh, tonight to the Rams. But that, that's one, two, three, four. That's five things that have to occur. Uh, the only one that figures to really happen is Miami losing at home to Kansas City. So I'm going to say Buffalo will not clinch a playoff spot this week. Kansas City, all right. I told you, they clinched a playoff spot. Here's what needs to happen for them to clinch the West Division. Win or have Las Vegas lose? I got a feeling one of the two are going to occur. Hopefully it's Las Vegas losing and not Kansas City winning. So I think Kansas City clinches the AFC West uh, with three games left after this weekend. Pittsburgh, in order to clinch the AFC North, they do with a win and a Cleveland loss. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Buffalo beats Pittsburgh. I I do. I see, I see the Steelers losing a couple of games. I don't think they're that good. You know, they've been playing in a lot of close games and, and uh, you know, it's the the proverbial last straw. And when that last straw hits, IE losing to Washington, sometimes you lose a couple of games and your true colors come out, but they're a good football team. Wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, go to the Super Bowl because they got a terrific defense. So I could see them beating Kansas city. I could see them stopping Tennessee. I just don't think they're invincible. So I could see them having a little bit of a letdown and, and losing. Tough spot for Buffalo, playing a good road game at San Fran, flying all the way back home, a uh, short week. But I'll I'll still go with Buffalo there. And uh, although I do think uh, Cleveland's going to lose, um, you know, I, I think Pittsburgh will lose as well. So I don't think they clinch the AFC North. They clinch a playoff spot, though, through the Steelers. With a win? No. Las Vegas loss? No. Miami loss, hate to say it, but probably. Or a Tennessee loss to Jacksonville, probably not. Uh, you, got, you got, To me, you got three bullets there. You winning, Vegas losing to the Colts, or the Dolphins losing to the uh, Chefs. So, yeah, I think Pittsburgh clinches a playoff spot, just not the division. NFC, you got the Saints, uh, you know, clinching a playoff spot already. Uh, can they clinch the NFC South? Yes, this weekend they can. With the win over Philadelphia, boom. It's probably going to happen. They also would clinch with a Tampa Bay loss to Minnesota. Don't think that'll happen. Or a New Orleans tie, which I don't think will happen, along with a Tampa Bay tie, which really probably won't happen. So, But I think the Saints clinch the NFC South with a win at Philadelphia. That Eagles team was just shot. Green Bay. Uh, the Packers can clinch the NFC North division title with a win and a Minnesota loss. I think that occurs. Packers playing at Detroit and Minnesota's playing at Tampa Bay. And then they clinch a playoff spot basically with a win. Uh, They would need an Arizona loss or a Rams loss or a Seattle win against the Jets, which, you know, if they don't beat the Jets after losing to the Giants this past week, man, then you really have to believe there's something wrong going on in Seattle. So yeah. uh, Barring something crazy happening. Green Bay is going to clinch at least a playoff spot this weekend. So, you know, with four games left, you got saints that are going to clinch Packers going to clinch. Pittsburgh's going to clinch. Kansas City's already clinched. Buffalo may clinch. You know, you got four or five teams, you know, with three games left that have clinched playoff spots, if not division championships already. That's a lot. That's actually, you know, a lot of teams that, you know, not necessarily are playing for nothing, but, you know, you and I as fans break down these seedings a hell of a lot more than the players do. I've said this many times. Once a team makes the playoffs, once they clinch a playoff spot, they give up. They do. I I know they can get a bye. I know they can get a home field advantage. I know they can do this. They can do that. But there is a natural letdown that these teams have that they don't care. And this year in particular, when you only have one bye, unless you're vying for that number one spot, you know you got Pittsburgh and Kansas City, and, and uh, you got the Saints and, and Packers in the NFC vying for that number one spot. But I don't I don't know. You know they just. Historically, they don't try. They, they, they just don't. players rest. Players don't play as well, even though there's you know a buy on the line, home field on the line, but with no fans in the stands as well, that home field advantage isn't that big a deal. So I don't know if the players necessarily want to hop on planes and get into hotels rather than staying in their own place. I'm sure that's the luxury they'd like to have. But there is a letdown once these teams clinch. So be careful. Once these teams have you know put themselves in the postseason, um, I would not be too confident in wagering on them like I would if they were fighting for a playoff spot. Whether they're fighting for a playoff spot, you know it's life and death on the line. And they will do everything possible to make sure that, uh, you know, they get that victory. And that that's just not the case when it comes to uh, teams that have clinched already. You know, the story we brought up in uh, the first hour, Eagles uh, are going to go with Jalen Hurts at quarterback this weekend. And against the New Orleans Saints, defense, tackle Fletcher Cox uh, retweeting out a tweet uh, with a like sign uh, for Carson Wentz, saying uh, later on that Carson is my best friend. He's my guy. I've always had his back since day one. Jalen, now he's my teammate also, so you got to support whoever's in there. It's the NFL, and we understand that things happen. It just sucks for a guy like Carson to be put in that position because it's never just one guy. There are 11 guys on the field. So with that being said, he says, my tweet is my tweet, and I stand with it, meaning he tweeted that he liked Carson. That's trouble. Center Jason Kelsey, your center, the the leader of the offensive line, praising Wentz, expressing uh, bewilderment over how the situation has uh, turned into uh, Wentz getting benched. The moment he came in, meaning Wentz, in his rookie year, he transformed our offense, and that's just not as a player, that's him as a person. That's the intelligence he brings, the athleticism he brings, the competitiveness he brings made a tangible difference in practice every day and on game day. So it's kind of hard to believe we're at this point, to be honest with you. This is ultimately a culmination of a lot of failures on offense. Wow. (laughs) There is a division in that locker room for sure. Three years after Super Bowl, could Doug Peterson be fired the way these guys are talking? Absolutely. Speaking of being fired, LSU head coach Ed Orgeron at LSU. That's next to Big Studios. On time this Thursday morning. Check it out our poll question. Here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting and I'll Take you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Should be a great day here in New York. I don't know about, about you, but the cold temperature is right around 60 degrees. which <laughs> is amazing because yesterday, right, I told you that, that, that we went a little Christmas tree shopping. And we actually ha- did it you know, without too much fanfare. Well, I was very surprised. Of course. The wife kind of screwed up, but what else is. I'll save that for the podcast. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be pulling my hair out all day if we went into it. But we, we actually got through. You know, there was no getting into a fight with Santa Claus like we got two years ago. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, we got into a fight with Santa Claus. Don't don't ask. Don't don't ask. The there was no getting the car stuck. Yeah, last year we we drove. You know, afterwards we stopped and get a bite to eat. It was a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, the battery died, so there we're sitting at Kentucky Fried Chicken for two hours waiting for AAA to come with a tree on top of our roof. Um, you know, so there was none of that. You know, it was shocking. You know, there was no tree falling off because the the three years ago when uh, the guy didn't tie it right. Uh, four years ago, there was no unable to get out of the car because we we tied the tree. We we did a loop, but he put the loop inside the car door handles, so we tied it wrong, so we couldn't open the car doors. Um, yeah, there's there's always uh, you know this great tradition we have here in the Wetzel household. Uh, somehow, or another last night went fairly, fairly, fairly calm couple little things but but nothing nothing crazy again we'll save that to the podcast you want the podcast go to the website oppositepicks.com so anyway our poll yeah we got a fight with Santa Claus my wife called the uh the manager on Santa Claus <laughs> uh coach K is calling for a possible end to the college basketball season what should occur we have a dead heat wow and we got a number of votes in there. It's not like we have 10 votes. I mean, we're not the replacement here. We're, we're a little bit, uh, you know, have a little bit bigger audience than that. So conference games only 37 and a half percent cancel season. Now 37 and a half percent other 15 and change uh, season to 20 games, nine and change. So go to opposite picks, get your vote in there. We'll update that one more time before we are through. I tell you, it never ceases to amaze me. Two things. That just really never ceased to amaze me. Well, we'll start with, um, you know, the the college football world. LSU this week came out uh, yesterday, really uh, came out with uh, a declaration that they're not going to a bowl game this year. You know, they're a little self-imposed punishment for all the wrongdoings that they've been uh, accused of and proven uh, over the last couple of years, whether with its football program or basketball program, which isn't exactly great either, right? So. They're going to forego a bowl this season because of some violations that uh, they had, including, you know, trying to pay some players. And uh, uh, they lost eight scholarships over the next two years that they self-imposed as well, which, you know, eight scholarships is a halfway decent amount. But for a year, you know, you can live with that if you're an SEC team. Uh, A reduction of recruiting visits. What is that, right? Uh, Evaluations and communications. You can't call a guy up 15,000 times. So, and and, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, not being allowed in its football facilities for two years. Remember when they won the national championship last year, he's on the football field handing out cash and in the locker room, handing out cash to all these players, right? So they're in trouble with the NCAA. Uh, And listen, that is minor compared to some of the things they're they're accused of doing. But because of that, uh, they were charged with a level three violation, including Beckham, the former LSU player, uh, giving money to players. So, They're going to have this self imposed ban. So, what's the problem, Scott? Well, how about the fact that they're three and five this year? All right. How about the fact that they're two games under 500? Chances are they're not going to finish over 500 because they got Florida this weekend. So, chances are very good at Florida. They're going to be three and six. Now, there is no bowl eligibility this year. I will tell you that. You could go 0 and eight, and the, the, Eligibility requirements of previous years of being at least 500 are out the window this year because of the coronavirus. So they are eligible for a bowl. I will tell you that. But that said, at 3-6, and are they really going to a college football bowl game? Is anybody really taking LSU? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And there are at least 10 now bowls that are not being played anyway. Chances are there will probably be another 5 to 10 more that are going to bail, I would say at least five, right? You're probably going to get around 30 bowls, or excuse me, around 20 bowls, between 15 and 20. Is LSU really going to a bowl anyway? And even if they did... Are they really gonna be going to a big time bowl? No. You know, they're not going to the sugar bowl or the rose bowl or the cotton bowl. Hell, they're not even going to the blue bonnet bowl. You know, they'll be going to the like the Frisco bowl, like SMU is doing, you know, for a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's it. You know, whatever the four-letter network's willing to pony up. Otherwise, they're not exactly point being saying no to a couple of million dollars here. No. You know what? Uh, we have to have this self-imposed ban. We're not going to play for the national championship this year. Nope. Nope. We broke the rules. We had Odell Beckham handed out money. You know, uh, we had rape allegations left and right. And we looked the other way. We had head coaches that didn't care about the kids being accused of rape. Who cares? You know, all in the face of trying to win a football game. So, you know what? We're not going to go to the national championship this year. That's not the case. All right. They're three and five. More than likely, we'll be three and six. They'll be playing in the uh, Topeka High Bowl if they get a bid anyway. So they're not exactly forfeiting a whole heck of a lot, point being. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, for them to actually come out and make it seem like they're doing something noble here. Are you freaking kidding me? You're three and five. You're going nowhere. You're a train wreck. You're an embarrassment to college football. You're an embarrassment to former national champs. I mean, my goodness, this team was was great last year, and now it's one of the worst teams in the SEC, and now they want to make it seem like they're forfeiting a bowl opportunity? What a joke. You know, I, I don't know how Ed Orgeron keeps his job. You know, just Google LSU and sexual harassment allegations. And you'll see, you know, 20,000 stories. I mean, the, the fact that, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. was handing out some $100 bills is minor, minor compared to the things that LSU is accused of. So the fact, that, again, they're not playing in a bowl this year, like they're forfeiting a gazillion dollars and all this exposure. No, you know what? They probably wouldn't want the headache of having to deal with all that attention to all the other things that are occurring at that school off the field. And then you throw in the basketball program which had its head coach, Will Wade, arrange for uh, payments to at least 11, 11, not one or two, 11 potential recruits or others around them, according to the NCAA. I mean, you talk about a sports program that just needs to be blown up and just started all over again. It is LSU's football and men's basketball program. I mean, what a farce. What an absolute farce. But it's all about money. So, you know what? Keep those rape allegations coming. Who cares? We're going to continue to look the other way. Keep the money flowing to the players. Who cares? We're going to continue to look the other way. Uh, and But we'll use this year as an opportunity to, uh, you know, slap our wrists. What a joke. couple of football cancellations. Uh, Indiana-Purdue-Oak and Bucket game canceled with the virus. And Utah and Colorado, which was supposed to be played tomorrow night, is now going to be played again. For the almighty buck, it's going to be played Saturday. So what? Friday, Saturday, what's the difference, Scott? Well, it's not going to be played just any Saturday. It's going to be played tomorrow or Saturday, Saturday. And it's not going to be played just Saturday night. It's not going to be played Saturday afternoon either. But when are they going to play it if they're not playing Saturday night or Saturday afternoon? It's Saturday, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. How about Saturday morning? Yeah. Utah, Colorado will be kicking off 10 a.m. local time. Why? Because they're going to be the game that's replacing Michigan State and Ohio, or Michigan and Ohio State, which got canceled because of the virus with Michigan. So they asked Utah and Colorado to move their game not only from Friday night to Saturday, but from Friday night to Saturday, 10 a.m. local time. I mean, listen, I love college football. And I'm sure these players love college football, but getting up, you know, early enough to play a college football game at 10 o'clock in the freaking morning just because of TV, boy, it's just remarkable. It just never ceases to amaze me about how it's it's just about, you know, money. You know, NBC, ABC, Fox, Four Letter Network, whoever it is. They come a calling with a couple of extra bucks, and you know what? These teams and these uh, leagues will do anything possible, anything, in order to get that money. Man, even if it means – you know, it's funny because they they want to make all these safeties with the coronavirus in, in the face of, you know, we, we care about our athletes, and yet they're willing to take a football game at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's amazing. Here's the other thing that, that I never – you know, I'm not blind to it. I understand it. We, you know, we live at Bagels and Bad beats. Got an email from the Jets. Somehow I'm on their email list, right? I, mean, I think I bought tickets one time. And it says, lock in your week 14 predictions today. I'm thinking, well, what's, what's that? This week's questions are live. Submit your picks before kickoff or a chance to win an MGM Resorts trip package. Additional winners will receive blah, 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 blah. Uh, bet, uh, actually, I shouldn't just say that because that's part of the story. Additional winners will receive a $25 bet MGM credit or a Jets shop gift card. To play, download the uh, BetMGM app. It's a gambling website. The New York Jets, an NFL team, official NFL logo, are running a gambling contest. Other teams have done it, so I'm not just going to pinpoint the Jets. Other leagues have done it, so I'm not going to pinpoint just the NFL. But again, I'm still amazed at how far we've come when it comes to gambling. I really th- this was a black eye, a black cloud on sports for so long. It was the thing you didn't talk about for so long even though everyone was doing it. And yet here are the New York Jets throwing it out there promoting gambling. Predict who's going to win the football game. It's amazing. Amazing how far
0: gambling has gone.
1: was a bad piece
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: I think we're, we're going to need to execute every time we go out there offensively. I don't think we need to do anything new. We just got to go out there and have all 11 guys playing and Playing together and being on the same page, really. We just gotta be able to go out there and execute, do that. And and in the red area, you know, I I know Chan is is, you know, he he has something really good for us, but we we gotta execute offensively. Um I, I believe we have the plays just not executed the way we we had done in, in practice. So it's all about execution and you know, you you can only take it a play at a time and you just don't worry about about anything else? Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest
0: football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami,
1: you're talking super bow, because we're the
0: Miami
1: Dolphins. Oh, uh, yes, the greatest flight song in the history of the NFL. Our guy, two attacks. There ought to be a bet on how long Tua plays this week. I, I give him about a half. Hey, maybe a quarter and a half before they put the bats in there. Yours uh, truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in a big and bat beats on this Thursday morning, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You know, there are three teams this weekend in the NFL that have a chance to really make a statement, really kind of maybe even four, one on a much, 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 much lower scale. But three main teams that have a chance to make a a statement, one of them is our beloved Miami Dolphins at home against the defending champs, Kansas City, seven point spread. So it's not a crazy spread where you think they're going to get crushed. You know, they've had obviously a nice run here uh, coming, not necessarily out of the blue, but You know, uh, making a nice run to either get a postseason spot or maybe even win the division. Who knows? Depending on what happens with Buffalo, Dolphins have won six of their last, well, seven of their last eight. Uh, you know, to go from one in three, and a little bit of that helped out by uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, seven of their last eight, you know. But who have they beat? San Fran stinks. Jets stink. Rams are pretty good. Uh, Cardinals stink. Chargers blow. Jets blow. Bungles blow. I mean, you're not exactly beating a who's who of NFL teams there. Uh, realistic when you think about it. But that's okay. You know, it is what it is. You beat who's on your schedule. But that's why, you know, when you look at the better teams they played, New England lost, Buffalo lost, Seattle lost. And their other loss came to the Broncos, uh, which they, they failed to show. So, you know, this is a chance for them to prove to the world that they're, if not legit, but they're a playoff team. Uh, you know, and, and they have some tough games after this. New England at home, at Las Vegas, at Buffalo. But this is the first one on their schedule where. You could open up some eyes around the NFL. You you go toe-to-toe with the chefs and, God forbid, even win. Now you're going to grab the NFL's attention. Now it's going to be like, wow, okay, the Dolphins are back. How about that? So Miami's team number one. Team number two, Buffalo. Now, listen, I understand they made the playoffs last year, and uh, they got a couple of nice wins on their schedule, but they're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Most people believe it's a two-team race in the AFC, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Tennessee, Buffalo, they're on the periphery, nice clubs, playoff teams, but they're not quite really at that level of Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Well, this is a chance for the Bills to say, oh, yes, we are. Yeah, yes, we are. Uh, better teams that they face. You know, in a lot of ways, it, it's kind of like uh, you know the Miami Dolphins. The Bills' wins have come against Jets, Stink, Dolphins earlier in the year stink. Rams at the beginning of the year. eh. Raiders a 500 team. Jets stink. Patriots stink. They did beat Seattle. Uh, Chargers stink. 49ers stink. Their losses, Tennessee, good football team. Kansas City, good football team. Arizona on the road, halfway decent football team. So... Are they the team that we saw last year that's going to get knocked out in the first round because they couldn't hold on to a lead against the Houston Texans? Uh, or are they a team that's ready to take that next step? A win against Pittsburgh, even at home, will show the NFL world that this Buffalo team is going to be part of the party. Right now, again, it's a two-team party, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Chance for the Bills to show the AFC and the NFL world, okay, we have to be taken seriously. because again. Those wins and those losses, there is an absolute divide. Best teams they faced, they lost, except for Seattle, and the worst teams that they've played, they've won. Chance to put themselves up in that level. And then team number three, as we touched on a little bit earlier, the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, you know listen, they, the Browns have been the Browns, two winning seasons in 20 plus years. That's all you really need to say. Now they're nine and three. they clinched a uh, you know a winning season. Uh, They need a couple of more wins to clinch a playoff spot. It would take something disastrous for them not to get into the postseason, especially when you consider they have the Giants and Jets on their schedule. So you would think that would be two wins. You know, certainly one more against the Jets, but you never know. It is the Browns. A chance for them to, not that the Ravens are like Pittsburgh and Kansas City for Miami and Buffalo, but the Ravens and the Steelers have owned that division. And if Cleveland wants to be part of the party, if they want to be taken seriously, they need to win. It's as simple as that. They need to show the world that they are a real football team. Because, again, you know, they have at least a couple of wins. You know, they beat the Colts halfway decent and they beat Tennessee halfway decent last week. But, you know, you look at their schedule. Uh, good football team Ravens lose. Good football team Steelers lose. Uh, decent little football team Raiders lose. You know, wins have come against the Bungles a couple of times, Washington, uh, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jaguars. And again, I mentioned two decent wins against the Colts and Titans, but it, it's really not so much on who they've beaten like Buffalo and Miami. For them, it's just a matter of reputation, a matter of, okay, we've been a second class citizen in this division for literally 20 plus years. We're ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. We got a better record than the Baltimore Ravens. We beat the Baltimore Ravens last year, if you remember. So there's no reason why we can't beat them again. They beat the crap out of us to start the season 38 to 6. So this is our chance for redemption. This is our chance to show that we can you know, really be counted on to be a good team in the AFC. So those are the three. The one that's a little off the radar, believe it or not, <clears throat> the New York Jets. And I know you're well, the Jets, uh, they're winless. I know, but, you know, in a strange sort of way, them losing the way they did to the Raiders was kind of like a uniting force with this football team. And I think the Jets really did a great thing in firing their defensive coordinator, showing the world that they're willing to react, that there is a line in the sand. I mean, how bad can this team get? Embarrassing loss after an embarrassing loss after an embarrassing loss. No one doing anything about it. Nobody, you know, no heads rolling. Nobody being fired. You know, no one being released. No one being benched even. I I mean, really, it was just a loss after a loss after a loss. And the Jets have played fairly well the last couple of weeks. You know, they've got a couple of games in there in which they could have slash should have won, right? I mean, they had a double-digit lead against the Patriots' fourth quarter. They blow that one. Uh, they had a chance. If they score one more time against the Chargers and they're driving late in the game, they win that football game. Um, and then the Raider game on, on top of that. So they, they've had some opportunities. And when you lose a game like they did, it, it's kind of like this uniting force of woe is we, but at least we fired the defensive coordinator and we're all in this together. Now we're all feeling the pain before it was the offense stunk, you know, Flacco's in there. Is he better than Darnold. Darnold's hurt. The defense blows. The defense is good. You know, defense is good. One week, it's awful. The next week, offense is good. One week, they're awful. The next week. And, and, and this is the first time that, you know, they've all kind of united into one thing. Now, it's a bad thing. They lost. But so what's the point? As much as Jet fans don't want them to win at this point and blow the number one overall pick, you know, the, the, the Jets have a chance to kind of show the world that, all right, we're not the laughing stock that people think we are. You know, played the Raiders tough, should have won. Played the Chargers tough, should have won. Played the Patriots tough, should have won and and actually really held their own against Kansas City although it turned out to be a 35-9 game a little lopsided with the score but it was it was a close game 18-10 against Buffalo the week before that held their own had a chance to to uh, maybe win the football game so little little chance to show the world that the Jets aren't the laughing stock now ultimately i think they're going to get crushed because I think they are laughing stock in the NFL. I don't have any faith in that coaching staff. I don't have any faith in Sam Darnold. I don't have any faith in that offense or defense whatsoever. So ultimately I do think they're going to get whacked, but it is an opportunity for them to kind of show the world what they've done these last couple of weeks has not been necessarily a fluke. It's been just, you know, bad breaks going their way versus bad teams. So I don't get, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but, Those are the four teams this week that kind of have a chance to to show the NFL world that uh, in different ways they are here. Um, And, again, we'll see what what ultimately happens. Chances are none of them win, but at least it is out there. Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul announced this week that they're going to be fighting in a boxing exhibition. We talked about it yesterday. They sent out an email announcing the fight. The promoter said that uh, they're expecting to shatter pay-per-view records. I brought it up earlier in the week, and I'm probably going to bring this up once a week. Because, you know, they can put anything they want in an email and a press release, except me. There's something about press releases in my name that aren't, you know, but I digress. Um, LLs know what I'm talking about, loyal listeners. So they said they want to shatter... Pay per view records. Now, supposedly Tyson and uh, Jones Jr. made some 40 to 60 million dollars. I told you that, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of buys, you know. And now it's 50 bucks. So uh, this one's only going to be 25. But Pacquiao and Mayweather generated 4.6 million buys. Um, his fight with Conor McGregor generated 4.3 million buys. And bouts between uh, him and uh, Oscar De La Hoya and uh, Canelo Alvarez uh, did about 2 million buys apiece. So if they think—now, again, they can put whatever they want on this press release, but we're talking seriously here. If they think that many people, 2 to 4 million people, are going to buy into Mayweather Jr. and Logan Paul— no way. I hope they're wrong. I just hope they're wrong. You know, and the one thing as goofy as Mayweather versus Conor McGregor offered in 2017, it's been three years. It's been a long time since Mayweather's been in that ring, right? But the one thing that that had that this fight won't have is at least it was legit. At least there was something on the line. At least it was a real fight. At least it would have counted had McGregor found a way to beat Floyd Mayweather. This exhibition offers none of that. You saw Tyson Jones you know the, the the voting was rigged you knew it was fixed that this was going to be a draw so after you got burned with Tyson and and uh, Jones Jr, why would you ever put another even 25 dollars down on mayweather and, and this uh, you know social media clown i I mean are you kidding me really i, I I'll be shocked I, no, I won't be shocked I'll be disappointed. That that's a better way of putting it. I will be dis. If they get even a million buys, I will be really disappointed. And you got to stop this because the more you buy into these dopey things, the more we're going to get. There. And I don't want to. I I don't want them absolute. I made you the bad beat. I gave you a couple of winners yesterday. We went two and zero. That's how we like to do it here. We'll do it again when we come back. Right here on a Thursday morning. Big as a bad beat. Sun is Thursday morning. Let us wrap up shop with a couple of stories that we didn't have time to delve into too too much, and also some uh, updated poll questions. And uh, we'll give you a couple of winners, which is where we'll start. How about this little pop, a uh, little pop radio? Did you realize a little quirk in the schedule here? I got to tell you, I, I didn't. I really didn't. Give me the nicknames of North Dakota, South Dakota, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. I didn't know there were four teams, you know, not being a a Dakota, you know, uh, expertise, uh, (laughs) uh, the butt into the quirkiness is that North Dakota plays South Dakota today, and then it'll be, there must be a tournament because that's a 630 game. And then North Dakota state will play South Dakota state. So uh, let's pay homage to the Dakotas. And that's where we're going to go with a double winner. North Dakota, by the way, their nickname, little pop quiz, uh, Fighting Hawks. The Fighting Hawks uh, are not very good at fighting. This team lost to Dixie State. So give me uh, South Dakota. Yeah, they literally lost to Dixie State. uh, So give me South Dakota lane to three and a half in the first game of the uh, Dakota Special. Second game, and by the way, South Dakota, uh, their nickname, uh, the uh, Coyotes. So the Fighting Sioux are in there somewhere. North Dakota State, meanwhile, they're the Bison. They're getting eight and a half at South Dakota State. And uh, the North Dakota states you know, they lost by four to Kansas. Uh, by uh, 11, they hung up against Creighton. Uh, they did get walloped by Nebraska. And, and they lost by, you know, 14 to a decent Nevada team. So I'm going to take uh, North Dakota State, the Coyotes, and the Bison, whatever they are, against the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. So there you go. There are a couple winners. Hold question real quickly. Uh, the winner is uh, Cancel the Season Now, agreeing with Coach Gage. Shame on you guys. Watch the
0: ball Live
1: on, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports.